Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. Morgan from the Echo Live, who joins me, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are things? Good. You have a good week, Sarah. Lots of wind in Cork. Um, yeah, you only ever want to talk about the weather, and then you have all these interesting conversations with other people, but you only ask me about the weather. Okay, um, okay, well, okay. Let's. I'm trying to think of something interesting to ask you about Cork. Then, um, um, oh, what would you do if you won the lottery? <laughs> oh, guys, if if I won the lottery, I probably just. Um, I, I think I'd panic if I had all that money. Would you, would you give like, me anything? If you had, would you? Would you? Because you know me. Um, I get you a box of Quality Street. Okay. You've just won 120 million, by the way. Box of Quality Street doesn't really cut the mustard. Okay. No. I would buy you a million boxes of Quality Street. I don't want a box of Quality Street. What would you buy? What would you buy me? What would you buy me? You see, you have everything. <laughs> what do you get for the man who has everything? But what would you get me? Oh, I get you that thing that you said you wanted, the heart of the sea. Do you remember you said you wanted the heart of the sea? Yeah, but you could probably just get me that now. I, I get you a cheap See, one now, a knockoff one. Has, just like a knockoff. Left over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I have a good memory, Sarah, haven't I? You have to remember that. Yeah, you do. You do. That was that was a that was my connection though that I remember the heart of the sea. It was Karen used to sell the heart of the sea. Wasn't That's it? right, yes, yeah. Yeah, in Cove. Was, yeah, yeah, in Cove. There you go. Yeah. So and a girl, a girl in my class had that heart of the sea, and I was really jealous, and always wanted to know where she bought it. And that, that's yeah, that's just giving context. We'll move on to the Cork stories now. Right. I apologize. That's what you started by saying. I never asked you anything interesting about Cork. I still didn't ask you something interesting about Cork, but I'm about to because a Cork teenager is raising funds for surgery in the U.S. to prevent the terrifying prospect of ending up back in her wheelchair. I think I read the story during the week, but go on, tell us about it. So Casey Byrne has made me feel very old because I actually interviewed the family when Casey was about seven and she was going for SDR surgery. So Mm -hmm. at the time she was in a wheelchair and that operation at the time, it reduces the um, leg spasticity and encourages independent walking. So she was in a wheelchair at the time and this gave her this new lease of of life. And... now there, there's a whole other host of problems which cerebral palsy is always going to present these of issues. Of course, yeah. She's a, a dis, at the moment, Casey Byrne, who lives in Cove, um, she's a dislocated hip, a twisted femur and a fractured pelvis. And she said she finds the prospect of having to get back into the wheelchair, she finds it terrifying and the doctors, she said that some, she claims that some doctors are telling her this is what it looks like is is, yeah. is going to happen. There's nothing it's inevitable do for yeah, you in Ireland. Yeah, and she she's saying no, no, that might be okay for for some people, but I'm not I'm not going to resign myself to this. So they want what she wants to do is her and her family. So her and her mother, Antoinette, they're trying to raise three hundred grand. So that she can go over to Florida for for this uh, surgery that will hopefully help her this time around. Now, I can remember her mom. I, I I think if I remember rightly, Antoinette, I can remember her mom going back many many years ago when I was here on the radio. She was on with me on the daytime show for the first time. She went away, and I know obviously it's come back with a vengeance. 
and uh, obviously they need to do another round of, uh, you know, funding. Um, and I really hope that she gets the funding for this. I was only reading about it, actually, the paper during the week, and it brought back a memory because I, as far as I remember, I did interview the mam at the time, going back the last time round, which was, was it 2013? I think it could have been. I'm not too sure now. Yeah, yeah, it, it could have well been. And mm. would you believe that it's come full circle now because... Katie said all the interviews that her her mother did at the time inspired her and now Katie wants to do uh, journalism so she said she wants to do either journalism or psychology so that's one good thing to Mm. come out of a bad situation because it's it's a difficult decision for a parent isn't it when you have to go public you're giving up your 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 privacy privacy, of course yeah yeah and it is it is difficult to ask people for donations, particularly when people have pride. You know what I mean. It's very difficult sometimes to ask for donations, but it's really important because I like anybody else, including Casey, don't want to see her back in a wheelchair again because that's not what she wants out of life. Yeah, so people can support um, Casey by logging onto her uh, her GoFundMe or v- visiting her GoFundMe mm-hmm. rather. When we're talking about the three hundred, I said the operation, the travel, obviously that's one small part of it, but there's going to be all the physio afterwards and um, yeah. accommodation. I Yeah. I'd, oh, they I'd have to say, be there for some amount of time, I'm assuming. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully now it, it, would be, it would be great timing if she could get this operation done because when she's going on to college and everything else, this is the last thing Katie mm. needs. She seems to be highly intelligent and articulate. So yeah. let's hope she gets this chance. Okay, so if you go to GoFundMe, and uh, what's the name of the page again? See, I just, this is one another situation where it's just bringing me to loads of letters and numbers. So if we just type in, try from your site, Katie Byrne, GoFundMe, it should come up. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd actually just type that in here and just see, does it come up actually? Katie Byrne, go fund me. Um, yes, I see it there. Help Katie get hip surgery. Okay, so if you go to GoFundMe and type in help Katie get hip surgery, um, you'll find it there, okay? Um, and please do, please help her because I know a lot of people helped her the last time around. You were all very good helper the last time around, but she needs your help again. Now, an next path or should I say, an expat in Perth has created the next best thing to time travel uh, with a nightclub inspired by iconic the iconic Sir Henry's. Now, for those who don't know, Sir Henry's was a very famous nightclub in Cork at one stage. It was, it was. Have you been to Sir Henry's? Did you ever... I, um, yes, I think I, I think I actually worked in it one night as a DJ going back many, many years ago. Yeah. Okay, so everybody knows Sir Henry's then. All the uh, all the DJs in Ireland have seen to have played there once. You have to play in Sir Henry's at least once in your How life. How long has it gone, uh, by the way? It is, it's, gone, it's, gone a, it's gone a fierce amount of time now. How long has it gone? So since 2003. Okay. So I was waiting to go to Sir Henry's, but I never I never made it. I was I think I would have been 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was it was shot in 2003 and was later demolished. Um, it's we, I won't say reopened, replicated, but the yeah. taxi will cost you a little bit more now because it's in Perth. Okay. So this was the uh, brainchild of Galway-born uh, former DJ Ian Jeffrey. So he grew up in Cork and he had fond memories of this nightclub and Kirk Cobain played there and there was never really a club 
like it when it when it's shot. We we were ne- never able to cap really ever able to capture that. Yeah. Uh, that that vibe, that house vibe, trance, R and B, hip hop. What what else did it, there was a lot of live music there as well, yeah. wasn't there? Oh yeah. Um, it's a great so, venue, um, a fabulous venue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Ian Jeffrey, he spoke to PJ Coogan on Cork's ninety six FM's opinion line, and that was following the club's opening last week. And he said that he got a graphic designer to try and bring it back to life. And this graphic designer did a fantastic job replicating the logo. And uh, that was obviously the one that was inside the building just above the stage. You would have seen yep, it there all those years ago. Yeah. And he's calling on people who might have memorabilia from Sir Henry's. There was one person who said that he is one of the original flags. And there's a lot of people out there who like to take a little souvenir from everywhere they go. Um, so there, I, I reckon there's probably uh, uh, Sir Henry's last laying around somewhere. W- would you be guilty of that now if you went, when you were yeah, young? Did well, you go yeah, to w- yeah the odd glass would have went AWOL, yeah, or ashtray in those days. Of course, there was ashtrays in nightclubs in those days. The other thing people might have as well is in those days, because I, I would have worked mainly in Club M. Now, Club M would be the Sir Henry's of Dublin. Club M would have been one of the most famous nightclubs in Dublin. It was huge in the city centre and very famous for its lighting and the size. It was a huge place. and I was the resident DJ there. And I, I suppose in those days, what was famous in nightclubs was the concession tickets. And I still have a brand new pack of concession tickets for Club M, which was closed around the same time as Sir Henry's. It's closed a long time, by the way, the original Club M. And I still have the, the concession tickets uh, for the old Club M. Um, so I, maybe people have complimentary passes or concession tickets or whatever it is for Sir Henry's as well. Yeah, yeah. So, What's, but um, what is in South, in South Main Street now where, where Sir Henry's was? Oh, do you know what? I'm so old now. I haven't been in town. I wouldn't even know what the inside of a nightclub looks like. I don't think there's any left. Mm. No, they're nearly all gone. Same in Dublin. They're nearly all gone now. There's only one or two nightclubs. There was like 37 nightclubs in Dublin at one stage. I think there's only two now. Yeah, it's a, mm. it's, it's a pity really, isn't it? It's just a, It was just a change. It, there was a lot of factors in the downfall of the nightclub. The last, the last nail in the coffin, of course, was COVID, right? But there was a, the smoking ban reduced you know, the attendance to nightclubs. Um, the fact that late bars got late licenses, where it was, whereas in those days when Sir Henry's and Club M and all those places opened first, bars only stayed open till half eleven. So the nightclub got the, the half eleven to two o'clock in the morning crowd. But then you know disco bars came along, late licenses came along, so there was a lot of nails in the coffin. And then young people just don't go out drinking as much as they did in those days because of college. In our day, we didn't go to college; you went straight to a job after you were eighteen, so you had money. So clubs were busy five, six nights a week. Whereas now kids don't have, well, students just don't have much money. So there's a, there was a lot of nails yeah. in the coffin of the nightclub industry. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They, I don't know, it might come back. Things, yeah, uh, things, things may sometimes uh, reappear, don't they? Resurface yeah, yeah. yeah history repeats stuff. A Corkman's doll is spreading joy across the globe as it sets out on a mission like no other. This sounds like a trailer for a movie, doesn't it? They always make them sound like trailers. <laughs> this is the way. Um, so this is a man named Owen Kelly, and it was my favourite story in the Echo this week. So he was telling Ashley Mead that he came up with the idea of sending a doll called Seamus to see the world, and then chart his progress 
let me explain. Um, this, this guy is um, Seamus, he's a plot doll and he was made in the West Cork village of Goleen and he set out to see the world um, purely because his maker, Owen Kelly, was he was born with this wanderlust but ill health mm-hmm. put, put manners on that and yeah. he explained that he can't he, he can't do that anymore so this doll is traveling the world on his behalf and there there's um they're documenting the journeys with pictures and everything else so in a way he's living vicariously through this doll doll. and he's not yeah but if you look he made this doll himself he's seriously talented at at stitching and if if uh if if you if you look him up online he doesn't look like the the kind of guy you'd see with the doll but (laughs) he's a member of various online stitching groups and he's always loved stitching but Previously, he was he was too busy to give it too much time, and it was more of a hobby, really. Yeah. But since this injury he's had, he's been really enjoying spending hours on stitching and, and creating, and uh, just getting getting back to his his first love. So Owen grew up in Surrey, and he was introduced to the art of stitching and embroidery as a child, he, and he he recalls his. Uh, his grandmother teaching him and they would just sit to, they would sit together and do the old have the old stitching bitch i suppose you call it wouldn't you yeah, yeah. and um that this was passed down through and through generations but then it came out that he had this real love of sewing and the boys at school started to to tease him and that um set him back a little but then wait till you hear, hear this right this is a nice part of the story um, I still have you, do I? You haven't fallen. Yeah, no, 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 I'm listening. Okay. I'm listening with bated so, breath. So one of his brothers became a member of a biker gang, right? Right, sense. And his mate... His <laughs> I'm just going to say, from named, one extreme to the other, from stitching and yeah. embroidery to being a member of a yeah, biker this, gang. But go on. This is a, this is a, a, a nice marriage, right? So his his mate was named... Um, his, was named Bones. He calls him his mate in the mm. story, I say friend. And... When they discovered he could stitch, he asked if he could make a patch for his biker jacket with bones stitched onto it. And then he did such a good job that um, he became really popular and the other members of the gang were soon seeking out his services and saying, Joe, can, can you do one for me? So he became really cool. And from that day on, he was a loud and proud stitcher. And this doll, Seamus, has become really um, popular as I'll well. Have to look Everybody it up. wants I'll, to I'll host him. Yeah. yeah and he's, he's done in the style of um, Jimi Hendrix. Um, infused with a stash of his own colourful bohemian vibe. So Seamus right. has a miniature red hat similar to the one supported by the creator. And can we Why all buy a Seamus? So excited about this? Can you go online and buy a Seamus? No, no, it's not. That would just cheapen it, wouldn't it? No, this is pure. This is pure, right? Yeah. And he made it, um, he, he, he stitched it in such a way that he can. it will fit in any envelope so he can send it Anywhere and this, yeah, this stall is better Travel traveled the world. than any of it. I'd say, yeah. yeah.
Well, listen, that's wonderful. I'm glad people can Google Seamus, by the way, and have a look up there. You'll find Seamus the doll. Sounds like a wonderful story. I can imagine these hairy bikers with Seamus, you know, stuck out to the side of their bike or something. You know, they strapped him to the back of their motorbikes or whatever it is. But listen, anyway, we have to go to break. Sarah, listen, thank you very much indeed for joining us tonight. And I appreciate it. Sarah Horgan from the Echo Live. Thank you. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.